0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax, take a deep breath if you need to, get comfortable, And just make yourself available to what the Lord wants to say and do. Remember, he's always speaking. He's always communing spirit to spirit. He's not a God afar off. You don't have to talk him into being with you. He is always with you and in you. He's not the problem. Our soul is the problem. Because our soul wants to maintain control. Think about when Adam and Eve were in the garden. They communed with one another. They communed with God. They communed on a spirit level. Both Adam and Eve were spirit beings. They were a spirit that had a soul, lived in a body. They knew each other by the spirit. They knew God by the spirit. Then they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a lot of times we get caught up in the good and evil part. It's really the knowledge part. It's the knowledge that our soul craves. Their spirit first dwelt within them and through them. God's spirit was all in all. Remember when they fell, all of a sudden they noticed each other was naked. But they were naked before, before the fall, when they were running around as spirit beings. But their spirit was so fully encapsulating their soul and their body that they didn't see each other's body. They probably didn't even see their own body body was not important their soul was not important or less important what was their source of life was their spiritual connection with god all their needs were met because they were one in spirit with god and they were one with one another Every spiritual aspect available in the spirit was flowing from God to each of their individual spirits. Constantly. It was just like one. It was one. But that also meant that it was available to the soul and body. So the power of God was available to Adam's soul and Eve's soul and her body and his body, the power and authority, creativity, everything about the spirit of God was available because that spirit of God, through their individual spirits, was meeting the needs of their soul and body. They might not have even needed to eat or sleep or drink. Because all their needs were already met. Each had the full knowledge and understanding and wisdom and compassion, motivation and power and authority and dominion. They knew who they were, they had the strength an ability that was inherent in the spirit. Spirits, again, were one with God's spirit. What we today call the manifestations of gifts of the spirit for them was a normal part of their everyday existence. They did not consider a word of wisdom as separate from wisdom. They did not consider a gift of healing separate because they always had healing. What we consider to be a special separate thing, they had available all the time as part of their existence because their spirits were one with the Spirit of God. Once they sought and accepted a knowledge of their own, apart from God, a reliance on their soul, their spirit died. And they no longer had access to the life that had been sustaining them from the spirit they were separated and once they were separated from the spirit they had to do make do with what was left and what was left their soul and their body so for generation after generation that's what's been passed down. But our soul, your soul, was meant to react and interact with spirit. That's what it was created for, to receive and respond and be a conduit and a sponge and one with spirit. Your soul, that God gave you, your mind, your will, your emotions, was meant to be a a vessel, a receiver of God's spirit. Now, this is true whether you're a believer or not, whether you've been born again or not. Every soul was meant to be in a relationship with spirit. Once we are born again, the process of reunification begins. Reunifying our spirit, soul, and body. Now, Adam and Eve, before the fall, again, they did not perceive, for instance, miracles as a specific gift. They had all the power and knowledge that God had available to them. All attributes and characteristics of God was available to them through their spirit. And the soul, again, that God gave them was specifically created to interact with their spirit, with the power, the authority, the insight, the wisdom. Every aspect of spirit had a counterpoint in soul. Your soul was made to interact with your spirit which is already interacting with God. Now, we're in the process of relearning how to live as a spirit being, how to live and move and have our being in God, in Christ, in spirit. That's the process. Now, God is the one who makes the changes. We embrace the process. We embrace the opportunities he presents. We embrace the change. But he is the one who makes the change, who creates the opportunities, and gives us the encouragement and direction and guidance when we need it. But moving and manifesting in the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, that's your true being. That's God's pure intent for you, that you would be one spirit, soul, and body. Now, we don't have but one example of that after Adam and Eve, in the Bible, and that's Jesus himself. His spirit was always one with the Father, and all his solical needs and physical needs were always met by God, by his Father, because he was one with him, always. Since then, there's always been challenges in trying to figure out God's ways, how he does things. And generation after generation, we have to relearn what the previous generation may have learned and understood. It's wonderful we live in the day and age we do where we can communicate so much more easily through time and space. But we still are relying on the strength and the abilities of our soul apart from our spirit. We think of it as two separate things rather than our soul being merged, reunified with our spirit, still as an individual. Again, the soul God gave you is the one he wants you to have. The body he gave you is the one he wants you to have for whatever purpose something you are going to as an individual learn or experience or have you know have a different comprehension God is so creative and he loves us so much again his his character is love, and he expresses that love by giving himself. And he gives himself in an infinite variety of ways. So, what does that require? An infinite variety of receivers. So often we think, what does God want from me? What does he expect? He wants you to be available, to receive unconditionally what he gives unconditionally and just say thanks. You know, so often we think, okay, if God does something for us, we in turn have to do something else we have to make sure he gets the credit we he has to be honored we have to sing his praises rather than just saying thanks he's he's god he's your god he loves you and he's always looking for new ways to give that love to show us how much he loves us and that's his purpose for reunification, for reuniting our spirit, soul, and body. That's his purpose. Our purpose is we are still in the process of trying to figure out what being a Christian means. And when we talk about the simplicity of devotion to Christ, just being available, Surely it can't be that easy. We would rather have something hard to do, even something impossible. God says, no, do it my way. Follow my path. Learn my way. My yoke is easy. My burden is light because he is the one carrying the burden. He is the one wearing the yoke. We are just with Him. And He delights in our relationship with Him, wherever we are. Because remember, all the qualifications that are necessary to be in relationship with God, you have already met them. God sent His Son to qualify you to know Father. The debt has been paid. Now that doesn't mean there's not going to be people and the devil and your own mind and what goes on in the world telling you, no, that you still owe God. That there are still things you have to do to qualify. That there are levels, that there are challenges, that there are ministries, that there are things you have to do in order to be what God wants you to be. Fulfill your purpose. But as you... Embrace the soul that God has given you for the purpose of reuniting with your spirit. You begin to see yourself in a whole different way. It's no longer working and knowing God and pursuing him, going through the process in order to get from God, in order to get a relationship or earn a relationship or a blessing or a gift. You now go through each day, deal with every circumstance, every relationship, every challenge, because you have already received everything you need for life and godliness in this world. Every need you have in your soul has already been met. So now you can learn to simply live and move And have your being. How then, in other words, how then does your soul work when it's joined to your spirit? We are relearning created us to be. And it's a challenge for for so many different reasons. Generation after generation of those who have followed God have missed the mark, have come up with an explanation, have come up with doctrines and theologies, have come up with processes. I mean, how many things do we get? We argue about? Everything from the unfor- unforgivable sin to how many books of the Bible there should be. What is backsliding? What is heaven and hell? We argue about things And those arguments, those distractions, keep us from being able to just simply rest and be who and what we are, one with God. So we've been talking about our relationship with the Holy Spirit, our relationship with how His supernatural gifts work, The supernatural gifts are located in your soul. How the Holy Spirit is active. And we've talked about how to try to differentiate between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is basically futile. It does not lead us anywhere. It's a distraction. They're always together. That's all we need to know. The Holy Spirit loves you. The Son of God loves you. The Father loves you. That's all we need to know. They all, however that is, whatever the Trinity is, whatever God is, loves you and is working on your behalf. So once Adam and Eve sought knowledge which was an awakening in their soul they lost that spirit connection their spirits died or were separated from their soul they no longer had that access to the spirit life that had been sustaining them that came from the spirit of god They were for the first time on their own. And their soul was the only thing that was left. And that it was your soul is a poor excuse. Your soul cannot meet your needs, it was never intended to. God did not create your soul to meet your needs, God did not create relationships to meet your needs. He created those needs. For you to seek him. Seek and you shall find. Seek him. Not just to fill your void. But for your soul to look for those needs being met through your spirit. Again, which is united, one with God. So when Adam and Eve, their spirit, Dies, they no longer have access to life. So all of a sudden they have needs. And gone also was that source that enlivened their solical and supernatural abilities to funnel the spiritual nature. So your soul is created in a sense to be a transition between the spiritual reality and the natural reality. So your soul is a transit, a subway, between what's going on in the spirit, what's going on in the soul, and what's going on in the natural. And when your soul no longer receives from the spirit, there's nothing, no transaction other than between the soul and the and the natural, the supernatural realm and the natural realm. Now that we're reintroducing the spirit, we are relearning how to share and receive and transmit and travel with our reunited spirit. But we don't know how to do that. We've lost the knowledge. We no longer have a manual that tells us how to live as a spirit being. Now, there's some helps. We have scriptures and we have history and we can hear from the direction from the Lord. So we have help, but it still all comes down to an individual learning how to reunite, how to live as a spirit being. And one of the aspects of that is to realize the intricacies, the layers in our soul. Your soul, again, was meant to be a transmitter of spirit. God's spirit. So the function of your soul is far more complex. You know, and how often do we think about far more? It's to transmit the love of God. To make that love of God available to this world, to your own soul. So it must be capable and have the ability to receive all the power and authority and wisdom and knowledge and understanding that is already in your spirit. So it, it's able to do what God wants it to do. Think of your soul like a hose. You attach the hose to the uh, the spigot and you turn it on. The hose carries the water. It does what it was designed to do. Your soul was made to carry spirit. Now, as the spirit flows through your soul, certain things happen. We call them gifts and fruit but they're really just part of who God made you. What has happened, though, is because our soul has been disconnected from our spirit, those abilities and traits and our understanding have become dormant and misused and often misinterpreted. But God does not want us ignorant. As believers, our spirit has been reborn. And that connection with the Holy Spirit has been reestablished. It was reestablished at the resurrection. God continues his work of bringing our soul and body into completeness with spirit. He clears out, you can say he cleans out the hose. He removes the, the kinks. He makes sure, he gets rid of the rust. He makes sure there's a firm connection. He cleans out all the debris that might be in that hose. And he does whatever repairs are necessary. He re, he teaches us so we're not misusing what a hole, hose is supposed to do because he wants to freely use, pour himself through your spirit, through your soul, through your body, and into your circumstances, this earth, this time frame. That's what we're here for, to learn to live and move and have our being as a spirit being, complete, united, whole, spirit, soul, and body. What does that look like? Gow, oh, you know, we again we've only had tastes of it. Of what it looks like. And boy, has that I mean, just think of the reaction when Jesus was walking around, the reaction of people around him, especially those who thought they knew God better. So the more we embrace the Holy Spirit as God reunites our spirit, soul, and body, the more we will see him move supernaturally in our lives and in our world. It's going to happen. As you make yourself available to God, he starts clearing out the hose. He starts turning the water on. And whatever... However he has formed your particular soul, you receive first. The hose receives the water first. You receive the water of God, the spirit of God first. And through his being poured through you, he gets to choose how to manifest and make himself known to the rest of our world and to ourselves. So the more we embrace what he's doing, the more we see him move. Likewise, if we resist his activity and say, God, no, I want your love, but I don't want any of this supernatural stuff, we are keeping him from doing his job in us and through us. We are saying no to God. We are telling him, We don't want what he wants to give us unconditionally. We don't want to be restored to the way he created us. We resist his wisdom, his healing, and we grieve him because we are here. He put us here to receive his love. And all he's looking for is a vessel, a willing vessel, being available, and he makes us what we need to be in order to receive him. So we will pick it up here same time next week. Feel free to drop me a line, give me feedback or any questions at diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. Till we meet again, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. All right.